How's it, guys? Well, welcome to another installment of the PH Journals podcast. And today I've got a very special guest. He's a very good friend of mine, Jared King. Um, he's doing game ranch management from the very southern tip of South Africa right up until Kenya. Uh, he's recently just done the this particular trip twice. Uh, Due to the virus, he's had to return home. Um, but he traveled from South Africa to Kenya in his SUV, so a pretty unique story he gets to tell us. Um, yeah, we tackled a whole bunch of issues, especially with tourism in Kenya, the, the ban of, of trophy hunting in Kenya. And we just had such an interesting chat. Very, very fortunate to get the opportunity to sit down with him and uh, chat about these certain circumstances. Um, we did it through Skype, so it was pretty unique, first time for me. And um, yeah, just hope you guys enjoy. Just got to give a big shout out to Trees and Camo. Thank you so much for all they've done for me. Um, Max's Tires, also another big one. Uh, without you guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. So big shout out to them. And guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't be shy. Hit the subscribe button. Drop a thumbs up. Um, it re I really do appreciate it. It goes a very long way, especially in tough times like today, uh, like we're currently experiencing. So, yeah, guys, without further ado, Jared King. When a hunter has done what he considers to be his or her duty to the animals we fight so hard to protect, they will leave a legacy that will last a lifetime. How's it, man? How's things, bro? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me. All right, all right. Long travel down. Jeepers, I uh, got up there about a month ago and had to turn around and come back down. Uh, quite an experience. You, it was... you did this in your SUV, yeah? Yeah, thanks to you, guys. Um, uh, Dill helped me kit it out and... Um, we had quite an experience driving up there, lots of rain. I uh, hit it in the rainy season through Tanzania. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, road building. Uh, I think that I drove for about six, seven Ks on a tarmac road where the water was coming over the bonnet. So it was yes. quite an experience. Uh, but beautiful. Uh, you know, very fortunate to drive up. Not many people would risk it, but perfectly yeah. safe and just... Uh, an ultimate experience and highly recommended to do it. I mean, to drive up to East Africa is just, there's always been a dream to go to Egypt, done it halfway. Now um, we'll have to make another plan to go a little bit further, maybe next time on the bike. How far, how far is it? Um, if you take it from home back in Queenstown, where we're from, uh, it's about 5,000 Ks to camp. You've got to, you know, once you go into um, into Kenya, you you have to go up to Nairobi to come back down the escarpment to where we live in the Mara. So it looked at about just over 5,000 Ks uh, from you. Joburg, yeah, 4,800 to the Mara. Uh, you can do you can do it very quickly, uh, which is about four or five days, but uh, not worth it. I'd say seven eight days. Take your time. There's some beautiful places to stop. 
It's um, and the roads aren't that bad. Speed limits are quite quite something to to get used to. Lots of speed bumps, and uh, you've just got to follow the law. A little bit slower than back home, but yeah. um, you get to appreciate the view. Yeah, Chopper, and, and you didn't experience any issues with corruption, like bribery and all that sort of stuff, because. A lot of folks have asked us, especially coming over to South Africa. You know, that's one of their first questions. But you haven't, yeah, you didn't experience anything like that up north. Um, look, I had a few issue. I had an issue at um, at the border from Botswana to Zambia. You know, it's just a matter of having all your documents. Uh, I yeah. should have done a bit more research. I didn't have a police clearance uh, certificate. And the guy was just looking for a few beers later on. So, so gave it, he, he let me go through. Um, but, you know, they're always trying to find a way to check on a few things and maybe get, get a present. But nothing difficult, nothing like, oh, they're not going to let you in. It was just like, hey, you know, if I do you a favor, yeah, just buy me two beers. And it was like, okay, yeah. well, stuck now in the middle yeah. of Africa. I can't turn around and go back. It's a very specific yeah. route. Uh, from South Africa to drive up to Kenya, though you you can go through Malawi, you can go through Zim, you know there are lots of options. I, I highly recommend going South Africa, Botswana, uh, Zambia. Zambia's roads are a bit rough, so four by four recommended, and then Tanzania into Kenya. Um, Malawi is probably my favorite destination in southern africa um if you're just looking to get away from the bush if it's not safari or hunting uh, i would definitely recommend if you just want a, a week out to go to cape mcclair um on the lake and just see that it's yeah. unreal it's like being on a caribbean island in the middle of africa on this fresh deepest freshwater lake in the world it's yeah. incredible yeah that's awesome. Chopper, well, before we get into too much conversation, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, where you are based at the moment and um, and how did you get there? Cool, Bill. Um, so I grew up, my name's Jerry King. Um, I grew up actually next door to to where Bill and them have spent many afternoons hunting at a place called Sterling Park. It was just next door. Uh, grew up on a farm there in the Eastern Cape, South Africa. Uh, love the wild, love the bush, uh, sort of changed direction, uh, thought I was always going to go and farm or do something similar to what Dill does and uh, decided to study hospitality. I think um, sort of runs in our veins in the Eastern Cape as friendly storytellers to to chat and look after people. And um, yeah, so I studied uh, hospitality, I thoroughly enjoyed it and thought maybe events was going to be the way to go. I actually decided to go into the bush um, and in my sort of field, I went into photographic safaris. Um, it, there's just a bit more uh, range for growth and wouldn't limit me specifically in the future in terms of, okay, you're a one trick pony. Um, it's hunting lodges. Sometimes they can be perceived in the hospitality game as potentially being a bit more relaxed. So it wouldn't have been an easy transition from there to go back into corporate. So I decided to stick to the photographic side. Um, and I started at a place called Kwandwe in the Eastern Cape, beautiful reserve, five star. Uh, it's got 
you know, five five um, high end properties, easy trip in from from Port Elizabeth, great area to finish off a garden route, and then went to Pinda with and Beyond, a big um, uh, tour company out in 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 Africa and also South America now, got high end properties all over Africa, and then I moved to Singita, probably the premier uh, lodge in in the world. Um, and I was very fortunate to spend some time there, moved back to the Eastern Cape to be a little bit closer to home. Um, and then from there, I was fortunate enough to get a chance with my now uh, fiance, who's now my wife, um, up in uh, northern Botswana in a place called Chobe. Uh, just just an exceptional part of the world, Botswana, really God's country. And then from there, we moved to uh, the Okavanga Delta, which if you haven't gone is a is a incredible experience in itself um something to behold if you're a avid safari go or hunter and you find yourself in southern africa make yourself a plan to get up there and then um yeah you know we thought maybe this was going to be the end of like our journey uh, you know obviously the limitations to living in these isolated places and starting families and those kind of things and we thought maybe it was time to come back to South Africa. And, you know, it was always a dream to get up into East Africa and got a phone call. Uh, and, you know, it's quite hard for a South African to work in Kenya uh, or even to get permits uh, in Kenya. And we got a phone call from uh, a director of Elowana Collection and asked us if we'd come take over this little beast of a lodge in the in the Mara that had, had a few um, teething problems in the start, but we, my wife and I moved up there about seven months ago. And it was quite frankly, the most incredible uh, experience that we ever had in terms of the people, the community. Uh, it's just been mind blowing. Absolutely I have fallen in love with Kenya. Um, and you know, the hospitality there, it's, it's really done on another level, uh, it might not be the fanciest lodges, but just the warmth, the the charm, uh, it's it's a magical experience. If, if you ever find yourself in Kenya or in the Mara, sitting around a fire, you you tend to forget all your troubles and um, and really learn what it's about. It's a it's a beautiful place. But yeah, so I you know I've I've gone straight into a hospitality background and I. I love showing people our beautiful um, continent. You know, there's a beautiful saying, if you can visit any two continents, visit Africa twice. Um, and yeah, so Kenya Kenya has been a dream. We're there. Uh, it's a little bit on the rocks at the moment, but we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Well, I'm sure we'll discuss that now. Um, but yeah, so just had a, had a need to go into hospitality, show people around and... Um, what a better place to be in the African bush than that, huh? Chopper, that, that, it's a it's a photographic safari place, huh? Yes, yeah. So so Kenya is banned hunting in the 70s. Uh, let's, talk, 70s. let's talk a little bit about that. Have you seen yeah. any impact on, 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 on that sort of thing? Um, don't you, it's, it obviously changed so long ago that I don't see much impact you you know you hear stories i mean i have guides up in 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 kenya who you know used to walk 
walk the Massa Park area and, you know, yeah. were attacked by lions and killed them with their bare hands. And, like, you, you just hear the vastness of the game before. I, I think the I think it was completely overhunted, uh, especially elephants. Okay. Um, and not not necessarily legally. That that that's the key mm-hmm. point. I think I think what was wrong there. There was a lot of poaching, um, and you know, obviously Kenya's got those big tuskers, and you know, yeah. it was the the stocks were completely depleted. You go there now, and uh, something else has happened. Unfortunately, like if you go into the Mara, uh, because it's become this premier uh, game viewing experience it's there's a lot of there's a lot of other vehicles there's a there's a different sort of human impact now um okay. in terms of being in sightings with you know 60 70 cars watching five cheetah brothers trying to hunt uh yeah. or the moderate crossings and um, you'll find that this this experience is um is like no place in Africa. So there yeah. are people that are going to flock to it. Um, I think it's, it could be controlled a little bit better, but the hunting side of things, you can see the animals have, are very habituated. Okay. Um, and, you know, like there, there is, I would say, a, a big part of uh, sort of deforestation has become a part of a lot of the areas <laughs> You know, where I do see the ban on hunting um, really affect an area, it would have been Chobe because it was more okay. recent yeah. uh, in Botswana and the elephant population is completely out of control. Um, you know, and this is coming from someone who's who's not supposed to support hunting. You know, I completely understand the benefits of hunting, yeah. having grown up areas and if it's done right I, I understand it and you know we we are told on on uh, numerous occasions never to discuss hunting with guests or you know okay. it's because because the kind yeah. of guests that we have um, co- are usually completely against it um, yeah, sure. I understand it uh, and I, I see the need for it where, where it is and I know that it saves species and and money is pumped into areas that um, some governments don't have to protect those, those animals. Um, I just look at at Kenya. The the um, tourism is is pumping. I think they drive a lot more. They can get a lot more um, from their tourism from protecting the wildlife rather than having it hunted. Um, I don't think that it's so vast, um, Dylan, that there's no fencing. So to control hunting in Kenya, yeah. I don't know how it's the infrastructure that you'd need would be something else. Uh, I think that other countries are definitely more geared up for it. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's obviously just been out of the game for so long because I had a chat to yeah. uh, one of the big guys in, in bots and you, you coming from bots and stuff. Um, well, one of one of their, I mean, they they're probably one of the greatest success stories as far as conservation is concerned in Africa, especially with mm-hmm. the hunting side of things. Um, they they just jumped on it before it got out of control, and I think with the Kenyan government, they they let it get too too out of control, especially with the ivory trade back back then. It was booming at that stage. But Chopper, your, your the, the reason why I'm asking is uh, for a Kenyan economy that probably relies heavily on tourism attraction. 
mm-hmm. um, to have all its eggs in one basket. And is, do you guys have a seasonal thing? Like we, I mean, we've often discussed the great migration coming through and all that sort of stuff. So is it seasonal in Kenya or, or is it pretty much whole year round? You know, this, the sad thing about this still, it is definitely seasonal. Um, but the amount of people that come through, I mean, you know, these, these, you know, Kruger National Park pales in comparison to the numbers that you see coming through the mar. Um, it, you know, when it does pump, it is on another, another sort of, I mean, you've got hotels sleeping 200, 300 hotels geared completely for Chinese guests, uh, 300 room hotels with, you know, a complete um, staffing of Chinese speaking staff, uh, obviously local. So it, it really pumps. Uh, yes, I do. Con- I, like now we're seeing that we have all our eggs in one basket. Kenya does have a massive um, farming industry, uh, especially roses and flowers, coffee and those kind of things. Tourism is their, their real um, uh, prize. And, you know, like right now, the economy is taking absolute beating with what's happening. Um, you, you know what? I, I, I tried to explain. I had a, a meeting with um, all the general managers of the Masamara about three months ago, Dylan. And we're sitting there and like, how, how do we get people to come out of season to the Mara? And I was like, you know, driving to this meeting, I, I'd seen uh, five cheetah, uh, two different sets of uh, prides alliance, and a leopard walking down the road. And that's just that's just high profiles. Uh, elephant, just definitely. And uh, and this is an hour drive. I'm on a main mm-hmm. road. This is not going to look. This is just driving. In the quietest and hardest time in the Mara, it is still probably 90%, better than 90% of any other place in Africa yeah. in terms of game being. But when, it, when, the, when the migration comes, you must understand that uh, Serengeti in Tanzania, which is where the wildebeest come from, they go and drop yeah. their, their um, calves and then they come across to the Mara for the fresh grass. So um, the Serengeti is probably three to four times the size of Kruger National Park. And I don't know if you know this, Kruger National Park is about twice the size of Wales, the country. So that's how big Serengeti is. And then Mara is probably one third the size of Kruger. So you take all of these animals and you push them into this little concentrated part. It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I I saw more kills in the... People must get over this idea that you see lions killing something or cheetah like that you're going to see a kill that's it's quite rare to see yeah but i saw more in two weeks of my first two weeks of living there than i've seen in my entire life and that's you know uh, 10 10 11 years of working in the bush at you know the best areas in southern africa yeah. so it's it it can hold its own in those in those uh those quiet times completely. It's just, um, it's high rainfall. So you're going to get stuck. You're going to pull someone else out, uh, but you will still see something else. So it should never stop anyone because it's still that good. Uh, I've, I'm yet to have a guest struggle to see anything. So, have you come up with 
just to, to turn it away from seasonal, have you guys got any other attractions there? Um, Mount Kilimanjaro, how, how big is that for you guys? Does it have any effect or are you guys quite away from that? Look, um, Dil, we, we're very fortunate um, as the group Elowana Collection. We have uh, some incredible properties. We've got um, a number of properties in uh, Serengeti and in um, Kenya, um, where our guests can go and visit uh, certain areas. They can jump on what we call a sky safari and jump and do, do a whole circuit. You know that Kenya is not just about Mara. Uh, there's Amboseli with the massive Tuskers. Um, to go and see them is, you know, the last of the Tuskers. Unfortunately, the big boy, Tim, died about a month or two ago. Um, but there's Diani Beach, there's Kilimanjaro, there's not only Kilimanjaro, you've got Meru in Tanzania. Um, you can go climb a couple of different volcanoes. There's Mount, Mount Kenya is actually in Kenya, and Mount Kilimanjaro is actually in Tanzania. So you look at Kilimanjaro from Kenya, from Amboseli, so you get the view from Kenya, but you climb it in Tanzania. It's, it's, it is a very big, uh, I mean, there's lots of people that go to Kilimanjaro. It's very crowded. Uh, Mount Kenya is just a bit lower. Um, and I would recommend climbing Kenya before Kilimanjaro. Uh, it's, it's a bit more of a challenging climb, a lot more scenic and a lot less people. Um, and you're still getting right up there. Um, it's the second highest um, mountain in Africa. Obviously, Kilimanjaro has got its own appeal being the, the highest single standing um, mountain in the world. Um, but it, there's there's a few different routes you can go around on the main route, which is like 11 days. Uh, but, you you know, it's slow going. It's behind other people, but still an absolutely incredible achievement. Uh, Diani Beach, I, I'm yet to see beaches that look and, and I love South African beaches, but uh, Yani Beach and uh, and that side close to Mombasa, unbelievable experience as well. You can do that. You can go to Lamu to an old um, uh, an old island just off the coast there as well. If you if you need a break, Zanzibar is just a chip and a putt away. There's so much to Kenya, um, and you don't need to you don't need to only think oh, migration. So uh, I think that the, the there needs to be a drive to to get more people out of season. The rain is a, a challenge, um, but there there are other options. You know, while it is raining in the Mare, you can go do two days there, see everything yeah. that you want to see. The rates are, you know, almost half the price. So if you're looking to do a trip on the budget, it's the time to come. And the beauty yeah. about Kenya. It's far cheaper than Botswana in terms of your accommodation and, and easier access as well. You can just fly straight from Europe or across from the States. There's a fly from JFK now directly into Joma Kenyatta. Um, but it's it's easy. It's not difficult. If you don't want, I, I know a lot of our American guests are sometimes a little bit nervous to do South Africa and they want to just do Botswana or Zim and hunt that side. You don't have to do. You don't have to get us down to South Africa to come up to Kenya anymore. Um, so it's a, it's an easy it's an easy challenge, and you've got you know at the moment we like as a company are looking at other options and maybe looking more primate uh, visits as well. Uganda, Rwanda, that's all up there. Okay. So you've got so much so much to sell at. So we're always looking at deals and packages along there. Um, a lot of a lot of companies are positioning themselves in a you know, a three-stop journey, maybe an island, 
do Zanzibar to finish off your safari, do a bit of the Serengeti, the Mahara, the Amboseli, and maybe a primate visit. But there's, I mean, there's no shortage though, you know, like even, even in December, we were still running at 60, 70% occupancy. Like the Mara is still full. It's still going. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, a definitely a lull when the, the year starts. Um, but you, you're never sitting without guests. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think over the past three years, Kenya is really taking off again. They had a few issues about six or seven years ago um, where people got quite nervous with the Ebola yeah. whole sort of setup, and people don't realize that Ebola, you're probably closer to Ebola in New York than you were in South Africa. Um, yeah. And guys are, are coming to, you know, realizing that Africa is not a country, it's a continent, it's massive mm. and are coming back. And uh, Kenya is really starting to, to grab the market from, the likes of Botswana because um, Botswana is a very expensive destination. Um, it's high end, uh, you know, it's quite tough to get into the Delta without having to fly in on private vehicle, uh, private planes and those kind of things um, and not have to pay a fortune for your accommodation. So you can self-drive, get a get a taxi and drive into to the Mara and go and stay at a, a hotel yeah. just outside and do a day visit if you want. So it caters for everyone. You know, the, the, that's that's one of the things you try and tell the guys that are coming over here. Africa is just so vast and there's just so much to do. And especially now, uh, we'll get into that now with this whole virus thing. Uh, we need to utilize as much as Africa as possible just to try and get our economies going. But let's chat a little bit about coronavirus. How's your company handling it and uh, what's the plan going forward? Look, I can't, I can't obviously discuss uh, too much into what's happening with us as a company. Um, as a whole, um, we, I'm, I'm, we're on, we're on three months leave at the moment. Uh, Kenya kind of jumped on the gun quite quickly, which I think is the right decision, even before South Africa to do a complete travel ban. Um, Obviously, it's quite a, you know, it's quite an impoverished countries in, in certain areas. So they've got to be very careful of their lockdown and people will go hungry. So they've got to manage it very carefully and they don't have the infrastructure of the states and those kind of places where healthcare is that, um, uh, you know, set up. So it's it's walking, walking a tightrope in their decision making. So to do that lockdown uh, from bringing any, any, um, chances of the, the the virus coming in just to slow that down was a good call from the start yeah. obviously that threw us in the tourism industry for an absolute uh, uh number because yeah. you know if you've got no guests and 90 99% of your guests are international clients of and you've done a three month ban a travel ban uh we we are in in trouble so they've they closed up. Uh, we've closed all of our lodges uh, as a company. Um, most of most of the camps in the Mara have closed down, except for maybe some of the. Well, they've all closed down now because there's they have done a lockdown um, now uh, in the past couple of days, uh, just to try and get a handle on things. They're actually handling it quite well. There's only like 170 cases in Kenya, and six deaths, uh, which is remarkable. I mean, obviously terrible but uh, you know they're holding their own which is great yeah. it's just a matter of getting getting people to travel again it's 
it's very concerning. Uh, the longer this takes, the more people will need the money that they've spent. So changing a booking from postponing it to canceling it becomes a real threat to our business. Yeah. We've seen a lot of um, a lot of our guests have postponed till next year, and next year looks like an absolute bumper. Yeah. Um, you know, flights are still going to be reasonable, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't cancel anything, just postpone. And and uh, if if you are planning a trip to Africa, it's it's still the it's still an amazing place to come, and there's nothing to worry about. As soon as this clears up, you've you've got to come. It's it's yeah. important uh, because we need it. Uh, Africa will definitely need it, um, especially places like Kenya and Tanzania, where tourism is the backbone um, of those economies and uh, getting back and running. Um, and and we're we're pretty hopeful that you know come end of the year we we should be we should be back full steam ahead. Uh, it's just a matter of when we're going to open our doors again. It looks like uh, first of July, all our camps will be uh, back and running. Hopefully, um, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, sore knees from prayer, trying to or hoping that things will come right. Um, and yeah, it's just hope that the other countries are also coming right so that they can travel because we rely on them as well. So yeah, that's where we stand. It's very sad. I mean, like every single one of my staff members are on leave at the moment and you know i keep sending them updates it's yeah it's tough uh, the guys are are going to struggle it's going to be a yeah. tough time for everyone yeah yeah chopper and that, that, that was a very important thing you you said there was about don't don't cancel postpone because you know everyone knows the extent of everyone in the lodges and stuff but i mean i can only imagine for you guys you we, we did speak about this so you guys you you quite a bit like local stuff like us with yeah, tracking and all lost. that i lost you for a second uh, yeah sorry just to touch up there again um yeah we were chatting like you know it's 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 quite you know it's it's very um obvious about the the impact it has on myself and you uh going forward but um you know, but what, what does this mean? Does your company support a lot to do with like the Messiah tribe? Uh, for instance, us here with the Costa locals, we, we, you know, we, we share a lot of interest. We use them for tracking and all that sort of stuff. You guys, I'm pretty sure we have had this conversation. You guys use the Messiah tribes outside. Have you guys put any, uh, implemented any structures in place to, to go forward to help these guys out? Because they, they need tourism as much as what we do. Yeah, I think so. Like the the you know the company's doing what it can to try and get everyone back up and running as soon as possible. Um, obviously, we support the company itself. There's a lot of uh, social responsibility um, in the the Mara, so we support schools and and build classrooms and all these kind of things. But if the money's excuse me not coming in, we have to yeah. get business going up again. Because it's not only the the mass it's everyone. So yeah. uh, right now, it's it's a matter of holding on as long as we can until people come. So unfortunately, there's not much to go around to to go and help certain areas without uh, the industry coming right. So uh, luckily, a lot of the local guys, especially the the Maasai, um, I would say are in a a, a bit better position as they mostly are herders and can live off their land and and they're all farmers so most of our our team you know have 
you know, heads of cattle and, and they can, they can get by. It's the guys that um, sometimes have different sorts of skills, like the chefs that come in from Nairobi and stuff like that, who don't have anything to fall back on. And if you, if you look at just um, for interest sake, if you look at uh, recruitment, recruitment companies have closed in, in hospitality and no one is hiring. So, and yeah. if, if there's no restaurants or bars open, no one can do anything. And it, it it's, there's such a, a terrible knock-on effect because suppliers, you know, those suppliers that only purely support uh, lodges, is no business. So yeah. it, it, it runs so deep. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, I think what we're just praying for now is that, um, that there's a solution because I think that's going to be the, or a cure. That's going to fix things the quickest for us. Um, that not too many more people are affected because, you know, uh, some tough decisions will be made in the next yeah. um, month or two. Uh, as you can see, even back here in South Africa, they've extended our lockdown, which um, was, you know, as tough as it is. And I, I, my heart bleeds for, for the president. It's the right decision. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, the, the company can do what it can. I think just holding on to the staff for now will be its main aim. Um, yeah, and then uh, th th I mean, by supporting those staff, they're supporting their community as well. Uh, you know, a lot of the people in our teams are breadwinners and those kind of things. Yeah. So we just need to get by. Yeah. So yeah, postpone. Don't Chopper, <laughs> and then um, going forward, what? So being in the industry, uh, for instance, like yeah, in South Africa, uh, the virus has created a a huge whirlwind around about us having a new beginning afterwards. Uh, so, for instance, from a pH side, we would like to see a lot of the restrictions lifted. Like we had trophy imports into the UK camp. Um, they uh, banned it for a while. We would like to see those sort of restrictions start to get re more relaxed, lion hunting, all that sort of stuff. Um, and this gives us a perfect opportunity to attack those situations because, you know, like I said, we, we, we don't want all our eggs in one basket. We want to benefit as much as possible out of the hunting as we can because, you know, we, we're obviously going to be a little bit behind after this. For you um, in Kenya, what would you like to see happening after the virus? Uh, what, what would you suggest going forward? Like you said, we, we're not going to... We don't want the guys to cancel, just postpone. Would you like them to move it a little bit later in season? Um, or will they miss probably some of the best tourist attractions in Kenya? Well, we, you know, this all depends when things clear up, Dil. Because, um, you know, we, we would be so lucky if things uh, turn sooner rather than later because migration actually starts in July. Uh, and okay. last year it came a little bit earlier, end of June. But tends to come a little bit later. The, there are some benefits of this this whole thing. You know, a lot of the land's going to recover. You know, there's yeah. a lot less people driving around those parks doing damage to the roads and stuff like that. Um, I think that it's actually doing wonders for the park. You can see all around the world that these little things are happening that is um, benefiting us. Uh, I would like to see... Uh, I'd like to see airlines come to the party as best as possible to try and get guys uh, good rates on their change of flights and stuff like that. A lot of people have given the vouchers. Uh, a lot of airlines have given offered vouchers uh, that you are able to 
to reuse that, but then don't increase the tariffs on the flights. You know, uh, people are going to be strapped for cash now. We need to try and get as many bums in beds in Kenya and in Africa. So they need to make it as easy as possible. Um, I think visas and uh, home affairs need to also like really push that. It, it's not a challenge to get um, yeah. visas in. Just make it make it a little bit more seamless. Uh, for for yeah. travel, I think that's the key point. Um, and we also try and um, I think a lot of places should also. I, I don't know about you guys uh, in the hunting, but I think that we need to relook at our rates. You know, it's it's always a sensitive topic. Don't don't uh, hike up your rates because you haven't been earning. Rather, maybe this is the chance to knock drop your rates a little bit, uh, just to get get your team paid and tummies filled and and, uh, uh, you know, off, being able to offer those specials, not to be too greedy now, we need to um, knock where we can. And, uh, you know, this is a time for maybe some uh, some love on your camps and fix-ups and yeah. stuff like that. No, no one wants to spend much money, but maybe open two of your three camps and, and uh, spend on the camp that needs it and, and fill those beds and make sure that... Uh, you're not having to run at losses at those camps. So you just got to play it smart. I think, um, you know, if we do open, we'll open one or two camps um, and then slowly build just to have the flag, flag waving again. You don't want to be stuck yeah. closed too long either. You need to show that you're representing, that you're still there uh, so that people, when they are looking, there, there is availability. You know, if, if maybe one country opens up, you need to be, you need to be ready for it. So I think we just need to be prepared in everything that we do and then we can move forward and, uh, you know, start on the right foot. Yeah. Chapo, are you in South Africa at the moment, in Port Alfred? No, I'm, uh, I'm stuck in quarantine in Joburg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, got, I drove back and then they told me, and I was, I was planning to head back to Dordrecht, obviously close to where we we live yeah. to my wife's uh, folks' farm, which would have been ideal, but we had to self-quarantine for 14 days. So we we uh, arrived yeah, with two days to spare, but then had to get, we're stuck in a flat show and uh, we we're trying to get a special pass to get back to the Eastern Cape so we could get home uh, yesterday. But uh, I think people are abusing it, so there's just not not any trouble. So I feel like a wild, a, a caged wild animal. Though, uh, you know, coming from the bush, now I'm in a flat in the concrete jungle, in the big yeah. smoke. Um, yeah, but you know, we're here with family, so it's not it's not too bad. Okay. But couldn't couldn't get back to the Eastern Cape fast enough. Uh, yeah. We will, we've got we've got three months off. Uh, we're gonna be probably down in Port Alfred. Uh, we'll definitely bump into you while we're down yeah. there. Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, because Chapa, then just maybe to touch on a few things going forward, maybe chat a little bit more about positive stuff here. Yeah. Um, going forward, like you said, there, there can only be one winner out of this whole thing, and I think that's that's what this uh, less touch on the the land is doing. I mean, I took a drive around the farm just before lockdown, and you can already see you know, grass is growing, everything's just flourishing in the bush, you know. So um, going forward, what people that have never been to Kenya before, 
Uh, you've touched on some of the tourist attractions there. Um, what can you guys offer? What, what do you suggest going forward for the other guys that want to come over to Kenya and want to book a safari, photographic safari or anything? Look, um, Dil, you know, they, the beauty of Africa is that we'll have something special. Um, you know, in East Africa, you've got a very different set of, of what you should, should come for. Um, I think come and see how quintessential safari works and that old classic stepping back in the past, going to look at incredible views and, you know, when you can see as far as you can see, you just see wildlife. Um, you know, I remember arriving at at Sand River, uh, the lodge that I, I managed. I came there as I came over the hills. It was just a million wildebeest. As far as you can see, the green, the green hills, the beautiful landscape is black. As far as you can see, and there's just this cacophony of sound and uh, this sort of hum um, of all these wildebeest, and it's. And, you know, you see these crossings and these amazing things on TV. And, you know, I've I've been very fortunate to have worked in some pretty, pretty special places, you know, really high in properties, but, uh, and, you know, just uh, exceptional locations. But to see what you see in Kenya is nothing like it. And, um, you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen, and it's truly magical. You can sit around a fire with a grumpy teenager who just wants to be on his phone, and by that night, you know, he's fully immersed in the experience, and he's like, "What's that?" Like looking yeah. for information. It's it's beautiful. It's you know, like if you if you're really looking to uh, get back in touch with your family, I'm sure you've probably had a a guts in with your family after this mm -hmm. lockdown, spending some time. But if you want to go, if you feel like you've been confined. And you want to see something different since you've been on lockdown, wherever you are in the world, come and see Kenya and you will see vistas and views and, and, and space like you can, you can't believe. And it's just something else, but don't just stop there. Go to Botswana, go to the Okavanga Delta, go to Victoria Falls. The falls at the moment is in the highest flood in 70, uh, 76 years or something. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone's missing it. And everyone's missing yeah. it. It's crazy. Um, but South Africa, I mean, you've got so many things coming to like visit operators like you guys show you a really great time at really beautiful places. I mean, it, it's not a, it's it's not about where you go in Africa. It's just how how many times you can come back and see how many different yeah. things. Don't ever go to the same place. Go if you do Kenya, see it once, see as much as you can, and go to the next place. Go to Zimbabwe. You know, like everyone. Everyone's nervous of these things. It's, 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 yeah. it, you shouldn't be. There's, you know, like I, I get into a car and I drive in all of these incredible places and, and I've never had an issue. And you, you shouldn't be scared or nervous to come and see uh, different parts of South Africa or Zimbabwe or Mozambique. It's just mind blowing. So, I, you know, I, I love to sell Kenya, but it, it's just one small part of an incredible. Yeah. Uh, place so you know if you want to go to africa just do it book it come it's going to be really yeah. reasonable from no matter where you are from in the world uh, in comparison to going to to um to to europe or or the states come here and and you'll yeah. see 
food like we're quite you know south africa you're like you or even africa most of our guests who are first time travelers to africa will definitely come back again i'd say 80 percent of those guests if they can afford it will, i would say 95 percent of them will come back again people are blown away with our food our hospitality our wine it's a holistic experience and you think that you're not going to be blown away every other factor is the part that blows you away your your game experience your hunt your if it's photographic or hunting it's that's going to blow you away and that's what you're expecting it's the other parts that um will really make your your trip amazing so you know like i know I know that I don't have to sell or push anyone else in the industry in Africa because no matter where you go, it's going to be an exceptional experience. People are going to show you a good time. And there's a genuine care, especially in Kenya, that they that they want to show you the best of everything. So uh, no matter where you go, you're going to have a great time. Um, go to places like Namibia. Go, go to um uganda rwanda i mean rwanda is an exceptional experience at the moment so yeah just just be brave and do it i mean go for a yeah. hunt and then come up to visit and get close to some lines i mean yeah that's that's the uh... and then um a frequently asked question especially in the, in the hunting industry um, um Cool. Sorry, Chop, you there, bud? Hey, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so one of the frequently asked questions, especially in the hunting industry, is uh, obviously time. Um, how much time do you guys need over there, especially having a look at the great migrations, doing all those tourist attractions, uh, Victoria Falls, that sort of stuff? And what is the logistical um, map that they need to take? Do you guys collect at airports? Um, what sort of way do you guys get from one from the airport to you guys um yeah just fill us in a little bit with that sort of stuff yeah good question bill um like you know i, I would always recommend going through a, a tour operator who books your travel in africa it just makes things easier don't try and plan it yourself uh, <coughs> you can choose your locations choose your locations if you want your tour operators are going to know what to do they're also going to be a backup plan if when in africa something goes wrong uh, if you know uh, something breaks down or or you know someone was stuck and you've missed a plane they're able to rectify that and they've got the pool and the means to do that uh, Kenya Botswana all of these places where tourism is um, a major backbone in the economy they're very set up so like if you fly into Kenya um, you can fly to any camp essentially okay. you can fly to Amboseli you jump on a small aircraft you do a transfer uh, guys pick you up um, so your tour operator organize all of that from like your day one from your schedule right to the end if you're going to spend two days in Amboseli uh, two days in or then you go to climb Mount uh, Mount Kilimanjaro you do a hop over from there it's it's very different to South Africa in terms of light aircraft. It's a mass, massive industry. So like there are, you know, Safari Link, so many different companies that just focus around travel to uh, specific locations like the Mara, like Meru, like Amboseli. Um, yeah, so this, 
there's tons of places that have their own airstrips and that's that's how people travel in these countries so um getting set up very easy in terms of time and how much time you need i would say the mara you probably need three days i'd say amber Selly, three uh, two days um uh, you can go to maybe do a different location within kenya um maybe uh like go do a star beds experience where you go sleep under the stars in Meru, where um, where the uh, sort of stories of Born Free started, uh, the lions also's copy. The, the really cool experiences to go and check out there. Serengeti, massive, massive, massive yeah. place, maybe four days. Um, and then Ngorogoro Crater in Tanzania, Definitely um, do one day. If you're doing Serengeti, do one day into the credits. Very expensive to go in, but those are easy. Like even that transfer from Kenya to Tanzania uh, is worth it. Uh, if you come to East Africa, do both. So I'd say give yourself 10 days. Don't, because, you know, I, I, I get tired of hearing, oh, I wish we had more time. I yeah, wish yeah. we had more time. Everyone always, and I'm sure even with you guys. Yeah. Oh man, an extra one more day would have been better. Yeah. You're only if you're only coming once uh, to that area, get put on one extra day. Uh, you'll find that there are definitely places within your itinerary that are more that you'll know are better for game viewing or a better viewing experience. Some places you're taking in different things that don't need three days. Like I would recommend three days in Mara because it is going to be the best. And you, you need to be like a, a tour operator is also going to know Dil, that you must book that and finish with Mara. Because if you start with Mara and then go to mm. um, uh, Lodo or, or, you know, different uh, Navasha area, whatever, um, you're not going to see what you saw in Mara. It's going to be quite tough to go back and, and view that. So, yeah. you know, your tour operators usually know and they can organize that. But, you know, I, I would recommend uh, also an amazing experience. If you come to East Africa, do do primates in Uganda, Rwanda, do um, Gorogoro Crater and maybe Serengeti and then the Mara. And that's a good trip. Or yeah. maybe another location in Kenya and you drop off Serengeti. Um, that's a, that's a cool trip. Or you just fly into Kenya or Tanzania, do a bit of safari, and then you can always do the Rovos Rail down to Victoria Falls, go by train for a really old, authentic experience and go and see Vic Falls and then head into um, the uh, Arkavanga Delta. But Zim and those areas are are really special. I know for, for your guys' side. Are you there, Dil? Sorry, I was just saying, if, if you're going to go to Africa, this is how the three different locations I would recommend. If you do, if you do East Africa, you must do a primate, uh, Kenya and, and Tanzania, and you can do your more safari experience. If you're going on hunts and stuff like that in Zim, you should go to Vic Falls. You should do the Akavanga Delta as well. Namibia is an amazing place for hunt, well, to go across and do some hunting and go to Tosha if you want to add on that photographic side as well. There, there are so many little gems and Botswana, you want to go to the Delta, looks like hunting may come back into to bots in a way as well. Um, yeah, so, so much to offer, you know, the Southern African uh, properties are so easy to tie in with the hunt.
uh, especially for you guys. It's, you know, go and do something uh, in SA and then pop over to Zim to do something great there in terms of hunt and then finish with the Vic Falls um, and maybe a Delta. You know, I mean, like places like Gonorrhea and Minor Pools, if you guys, there's a place in, in Zim um, on the Zambezi where you can get out of your vehicle and just go and walk. You don't need a, a rifle. You can go and walk under the trees. Like, there are these, and you, you're probably never going to take photos like that of elephants eating off their back legs, eating trees and stuff like that. Just, you know, a completely different experience. You know, there's special places. And I mean, if if you just look a little bit, yeah, you, you'll find something. But it's easy to tap on both hunting and, and, and uh, photographics and, you know, support both. Uh, it'll go a long way. You know, don't be afraid to to not do both. It's it's you know on hunting farms you might not you know it's a different experience and you might not get as as um, close as you can to a lion smelling the boot of your your boot while he comes past your vehicle. Um, so do a bit of both just to experience yeah. it up close and personal. And yeah, it's you know I'm I'm all for both because it does a lot for a lot of people. Yeah, and we need it. Yeah, especially now we, we definitely need it more than ever. But um, Chopper, for yourself, what do the future have in plan for you? I mean, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but uh, any any dark looks into the nearby future? It's quite it's quite cool. I think there's there's really positive. Um, you know, we've I've been very fortunate to climb climb the ladder quite quickly at my age in the industry. Um, especially with the invites and stuff like that. I've, I took a little bit of a step back now to where I am, but there's already talk of looking after a number of camps and, and potential, potential growth. So I'm, I'm very positive for that. It's just a matter of if and when I, I love Kenya. I love the people. I mean, my, my team phone me all the time and send videos and, and uh, yeah, we miss them very much, my wife and I, but you know, home is South Africa. We will come back to South Africa. We've, we've, um, opened a well we've we've just bought a place down in Port Alfred which we're thinking about doing a, a sort of guest house a stop over to maybe go and visit Addo or uh, like do transfers and a place to on the coast that can also service hunting farms around that way um which which we're looking into depending on what, how things go at the moment so that's the idea um it's a beautiful old um the oldest house uh, in Port Alfred where the 1820 settlers where our heritage has started from and guys arrived in South Africa so it's got a lot of history so we're going to look at um, changing that over in the next couple months see if we can get that up and running and that's then probably come home and farm in the Eastern Cape and spend some more time with you, you lot. Yes, Chopper, that, that sounds awesome. But um, so, uh, Chopper, going forward, would you like us to get hold of you on your personal accounts on Instagram because you take some kick-ass photos? Um, where can we get hold of you? Where can we get hold of your company? Uh, and what else if is there have, to know? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, things are always changing, but you're more than welcome. Anyone can get hold of me on Instagram. Uh, you can message okay. me. Um, it's not a private account. Follow me, they'll be great. I, I try I try my best to take photos uh, when I can get out there. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you'll probably put the link in the in the yeah. uh, description. But yeah, 
guys reach out to me if like i say to anyone if if even if you have a question about coming to visit something you want to uh, tack on a trip uh after a hunt with dill or, or you're interested uh, let me know i'm happy to answer any question it doesn't have to involve me i will i'll put you in the direction that you that what what you're looking for like it's i just want you to visit africa because once i know the bug is bitten you'll be back so um if if i can offer any advice please don't hesitate to get hold of me uh, i look forward to hearing from any of you and uh please make use of dill and enjoy this i mean like he, he, i'm sure he'll show you an incredible time and uh yeah so thanks yeah dill that that's that, that'll be great Chopper, thank you so much for doing this. But yes, this was awesome. I've always wanted to tap into that mind of yours and what you've experienced up north and stuff because it's something I really want to want to get around to. So uh, yeah, thanks so much for taking out the time. It's not the easiest of circumstances, but uh, yeah, we'll have this work. It's all good. Thanks, thanks, Bill, man. It's been great. Um, good luck, and uh, this is awesome. Uh, I enjoy it. I'll I'll push it on to everyone, and yeah, we'll see you maybe in 21 days, eh? No luck, but we'll stay safe, and we'll chat soon. Cheers, mate. Go Cheers, well. Bye. Hey guys, well that concludes another awesome, awesome episode of the PH Journals podcast. Um, yeah, just so much we touched on. And if you guys are still looking to come over to Africa, please don't cancel. Just postpone your trip. You're missing out on so much if you do cancel. Um, your dream safari awaits and Africa has so much to, to offer you guys. So guys, just thank you so much once again for everybody that's joined me on this journey. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. For the guys that are tuning in on, on YouTube and other platforms, thank you so much for taking out the time. Um, I know we're not doing much at the moment, but thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, and yeah, just a reminder to the guys on YouTube, even on Podbean, if you guys haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. Um, all of this really does help in the long run, so um, appreciate it. Guys, just got to give another big thank you to Trees and Camo and Max's Tires. Uh, massive thanks to those guys. They've really supported me well um, for this wonderful journey that i've started experiencing but guys from myself thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate it not happy hunting just yet stay safe and keep well cheers guys